I want to bring in our first guest, and uh, that's Fiona Sincata. She's a senior financial market analyst at City Index. Fiona, it's good to have you with us, and uh, thanks for joining us here this Tuesday morning. Today's data, the inflation figures due out at the bottom of the hour, a game changer for the Fed or uh, just kind of a, a you know stop along the road here as it seems like 75's already been baked in for the September meeting next week. That's right. I mean, there has been a huge focus on the data that's coming out today. Um, but I don't think it's going to really change the Fed's position for at least for the September meeting. I mean, that 75 basis point rate hike, it's what, 90 percent priced in at the moment. Um, obviously, the Fed are on their blackout period. Just going into that blackout period at the end of last week, you know, the Fed really continued with their hawkish rhetoric. Jay Powell was continuing his commitment and reiterating how committed the Fed are to reigning in inflation. So I don't really think um, a, a sort of cooling in inflation in today's reading is going to change that as far as September is concerned. But what we've been seeing reflected in the market is there's this optimism that perhaps after September, if we have a real cooling in inflation, we might be looking at a, a slightly less hawkish stance from the Fed. And I think that's really part of what we've seen as this rally in stocks over the last few sessions and that sort of real downward trend um, in the US dollar over the last five days or so. You know, a dynamic environment for the Fed de facto, to say the least. On a bigger picture here, Fiona, it seems like a pause from the aggressive stance could be in order. And we're sort of hearing a lean along those lines from potentially other central bankers as well, with the global backdrop still relatively supportive of a softish landing, China's stimulus, Europe energy bills to provide some relief. We heard from JP Morgan talking about a soft landing a little bit more likely. I saw the UK unemployment dip to early 70s levels, levels we haven't seen since 1974. I mean, at the very least, Fiona, not your typical recession. No, most definitely not. And I mean, I think there is very much still a distinction, though, between what's going on in Europe and what's going on in the US. I think there's much more likely or a much stronger possibility of the Fed being able to orchestrate that soft landing in the US. And I think that's probably more debatable in Europe and particularly the UK and the Eurozone. So, you know, I think it's not going to be a typical recession. If there is one, it will be a technical recession. Um, but it's it's not really looking as if that's where we're going. I mean, if we think jobs market is still extremely strong, um, we're still seeing sort of retail sales hang, in, hang out in there, sort of, you know, in the positive levels. They've remained strong mainly for across most of the year, with the exception of May. So um, we're, we're not expecting to see the sort of, you know, that typical huge drop off in unemployment, uh, a massive reining in in spending as far as consumers are concerned. So, you know, if the Fed does play this right, there is a possibility that we might just be able to stay on the positive side of growth. You know, in terms of uh, Europe and the likelihood, potential likelihood for uh, a recession there, a little bit more susceptible, I'd imagine. I assume you're talking about their exposure to the energy crisis and what they're dealing with come this winter, potentially. Exactly. That's exactly what's going on here. So, I mean, we've seen that the Europe is much more exposed to those surging gas prices that we had in Europe, although they have started to come down more recently. The cost of living crisis, I think, is much more uh, acute here in the UK and the Eurozone. And that's been reflected in the currencies. You know, we've seen the euro drop sharply against the US dollar over sort of recent months, and the same with the pound. Now, we have started to see that there may be a flaw building there. 
Um, as we've seen sort of the new government in the UK have sort of made uh, arrangements uh, announced energy uh, relief package and we're also expecting more support to come in from the eurozone as far as sort of you know price caps are concerned and fiscal supports from the government so you know that will at least help the outlook in the near term and across this winter which was looking really quite dire um, as far as sort of you know surging energy prices are concerned we did see some data come in today from german the closely watched study uh, w economic sentiment indicator, which showed that, you know, um, the sentiment is really quite low at the moment. But we're hoping that might get to turn around if there is more support coming in from the government uh, as far as uh, energy price caps are concerned. Uh, Fiona, also OPEC plus uh, report today as well, correct? So I think as far as the oil markets are concerned, you know, we've had some really interesting movements in the oil markets. So, you know, OPEC have said that they are considering um, increasing the uh, output uh, at a time when, you know, oil prices have been extremely volatile. But they're saying they're looking to do it to stabilize the market. We saw at the last, the latest meeting that they did increase output by 100,000 barrels and that was just sort of uh, just taking back the the hundred thousand cut in production that they're done in september say you know, that they're prepared for september so i mean as far as oil is concerned i think it's very much looking at the the economic outlook picture right now um as far as sort of whether we're looking for global growth and that slowing global growth has pulled oil prices down from those highs it's down around that 88 level at the moment. But obviously, let's not forget the picture in China. China, the largest importer of oil globally, and they are obviously starting with more lockdown or seeing more uh, lockdown restrictions as the COVID, uh, that zero COVID policy really kicks in again. So, you know, that's going to be keeping pressure on the oil markets as well. Talk to us a little bit about natural gas, because when you're talking about uh, the energy crisis, the, the attempts to cap or freeze some of the inflation, uh, which is stemming from energy prices on the rise in Europe and UK specifically, uh, you're talking about some of these natural gas uh, uh, ripple effects that we're feeling, the pipeline being shut down and basically a worst case Putin scenario being realized, it seems like. That's right. I mean, that's been the threat, hasn't it? Or the fear, I think, as we've been sort of going into this war and as the war has played out, has been, you know, when will or will Putin cut those gas flows along the Nord Stream 1 gas pipeline? And and yes, that has happened, as was expected, sort of. And, and that has meant that Europe is in a very difficult place, particularly Germany, which is highly dependent mm. on that gas flow from Russia. But we have actually seen that gas prices in Europe have started to fall. They're down around 40% from their June high. So you know, we are seeing that slightly starting to come off as there are sort of understandings that gas can be sourced from other areas. Um, and as, as the market sort of just acclimatizes to the new picture um, of gas flows. But yes, you know, that, that has been one of the huge problems as far as inflation is concerned in the region. And obviously, as far as outlook is concerned, because gas security um, is going to be a big problem as we head into winter. But we have heard from the EU and Germany that they do have sort of that their storage has filled up quicker than they were expecting, which is a positive sign. 
you know, Fiona, in just a couple minutes, we're going to take a look at the grains after yesterday's WASDE report. And all of this kind of factors into the inflation discussion, whether you're talking energies or food input prices. Um, are there any commodities that we haven't looked at that you have your eye on that you think we should be watching, whether it be metals or across the, across the quadrant? Uh, what uh, have we missed here? Oh, I think, you know, we're looking across the board at oil, obviously, has got those price mm -hmm. moves in, coming in. We've got grain coming down. We've also got the, the oil, uh, the gas prices coming down slightly. So, you know, these fall in, 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 in commodity prices are indicative towards inflation starting to rein in. And I think perhaps that's the one area that I think is particularly going to be interesting to, to watch it play out, and it's going to be gold. Um, that's the one that I've just been keeping an eye on. We saw last week that gold had its first positive uh, week after three weeks of losses. And I think, you know, again, bringing the attention very much back to the inflation data that we've got today. If we do see that sort of cooling off in inflation, then then we could see sort of the, the gold bulls really try to take out towards that 1765 level and then on to 1805. And, and you know, and then look forward looking to the September FOMC, the gold's going to be very much focused on whether we get that uh, any signaling from the Fed that there could be sort of, you know, slightly um, Well, that ties us back to the U.S. dollar as well here. Uh, talking commodities with Fiona Sincata. Appreciate you joining us here uh, to help us. Fiona is the senior financial market analyst at City Index.